Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. Here we are back at Be Real. And it's 2021. Woohoo! Anisha. Hello. I'm excited for 2021. Happy New Year, girl. Happy New Year to you as well. I know. It's been a long year. It has. It's so interesting that everyone is super excited about 2021, like they were super excited about 2020. (laughs) And I am just going to temper those expectations and see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just another day, but you know, little zhuzh on the calendar, <laughs> 2020, 2021, different, there's a different mindset out there. Jessica's going to hang out with us today. Hello, I am. I'm here. Hi, Jess. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, 2021. Oh. Yeah, I'm treading lightly, treading lightly. Yeah, going, taking it slow, taking it slow. We had a nice long weekend to sort of like, it's been nice these past couple of weeks with like not as much work and that kind of thing. So it's just going to be us today. Yeah, no guests. Well, no, Jess is our guest. Jess yes. is our guest. Yeah, kind of sort of hanging out with us, just yes. hanging out with us, chilling. So, as you mentioned, uh, Anisha, it, you know, expectations and intentions, these things happen mm-hmm. at the start of a new year. It's like a mindset shift, isn't it? Yeah, you know, people go to therapy, join the gym, you know, all the changes. <laughs> they want to start January 1. <laughs> right. There's no, there's no joining a gym today though. Although, I mean, I bet people did. I bet you could, cause they're open. You can still yeah. join them. Yeah. Yeah. And in that, that little note that you mentioned in there, people do, you know, sometimes they set it up that they're going to start therapy in January. Yes, they do. I've, I've gotten a lot more clients in January. Right, generally that come in. My, a lot more consultations. I consultations. Would say. Yes. Yeah. It's also when your insurance kicks over. Um, but we that's the that's towards the end of the episode. So <laughs> your deductible kicks in. No, okay. So your deductible down. kicks in. That's, that's smart. That's for March's episode. Anyway. But today I thought we discussed, we all discussed that we would have a nice conversation about how to actually choose a therapist. And what that whole process is like from beginning to the end of the first session. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, I told the story very early on when we started the podcast, like in the very first episode that I found my first therapist in a phone book. I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm curious if Jess has actually ever seen a phone book. Okay. I am not that young. (laughs) I know there's yellow pages and white pages. Oh yeah. I'm just curious. Did you ever actually have to use it? Yes. Okay. I was always curious if my last name was in it and it was never because my parents were like, we're enlisted. (laughs) Okay. I was like, how come I'm not on here? Okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. So she knows what the phone book is. And that is, um, I looked up what, uh, what I wanted or what I thought I wanted. And there was a breakup. And then I looked in the phone book, but I made, I definitely, oh, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I mean, I found her in the phone book, but I went to quite a few. Mm. I did. I went to a few people till I landed on uh, my first therapy, Barbara Stone. My first therapist. Okay, shout um, out to Barbara. If shout you, out to if Barbara. Barbara. If she could see me now, she would, <laughs> she would be like, I laid a good foundation on this one. Um, she is the reason why I became a therapist. 
she was an analyst. So I've only ever relied on the couch, but I did. I remember all of that. Like I went to one woman made me fill out too much paperwork. I didn't like it. And then <laughs> it, like, I just fill out like the checklist, the things, but I was like, cry, cry, tears. Like, I just want it. She's like, can you fill this up? Like, no, I, I can't. I think there was somebody else in there too. And then I landed on Barbara. I liked her room. I liked the room. Look at that. Yeah. It was cozy. It's interesting that you brought up like paperwork because, you know, I think that depending on what type of environment you see a therapist, right? Like if you go to like a clinic setting, there's going to be a whole lot of paperwork. Yeah. And when people come in, like if you go to private practice or wherever you go to see someone, you are ready to talk most of the time. Like a lot of people come to therapy because they are in distress in some type of way, right? Like something has happened. There's been an event or something has happened that they want to talk about. And what is it like to have to fill out mounds and mounds of paperwork before I could tell my story? Like I'm ready to tell my story. <laughs> ready well, to don't want to listen to hear me. Totally. And as we're talking about it, I'm thinking like it's so there weren't as many resources then to find a therapist, mm -hmm. right? Like there was no yes. internet. There was no, like, I'm going to find their website. I'm going to check them out. There was no psychology today, all of the, like the different listservs where you can find therapists. So one might say that it was easier for me because I didn't have any, I didn't have, I probably had as many options, but it wasn't at like, the information was not as accessible and overwhelming. Let's turn to Jess. Yes. What would be the first thing you do to look for a therapist? Well, I mean, my husband used to for, like for ZocDoc. So I did ZocDoc finding my first therapist that I'm no longer seeing. Um, so I just, yeah, I mean, I searched therapist near me. It's really like, it's very simple. <laughs> and I was, and then you know like there's like what are you looking for anxiety this and I was like anxiety sounds about right and then scrolling down you know and then I didn't really know a lot about insurance I still don't know I just don't understand it it's a lot um but I liked her picture she had great reviews and then I just booked it and then she sent me all the stuff via email like all the paperwork to do right. and she like and then she explained that she's at a network and then she would do all this stuff, all the things. And I was like, okay, whatever that means. Sure. <laughs> and yeah, so I did all that. And then I think I honestly, it's nothing like, like mind blowing or groundbreaking. It's just, I did their therapist near me and she was in the city, like Midtown East. And I was like, oh, I can walk there. Yeah. Oh, I did it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just, I mean, now we have phones and the internet. It's just, it seems just a little easier, but yeah, I had to scroll a lot. And see like a lot and like read a lot of reviews of these of these fine people what about you Anisha? what do you think um, about shopping for a therapist <laughs> well I think the first thing that I thought about when Jessica was talking was convenience people don't realize how important you know having someone either in walking distance or by your job or by the major train station whatever it is is going to make it really important when you're choosing a therapist because a lot of us have very busy lives, right? So if I need to go during my lunch break, it would be great if it's walking distance from my office or if it's after work, I can just kind of get on a train and it's right next to the train station. Um, so convenience plays a huge part in how people look for therapists. I think I've noticed a lot of my clients tell me, oh, I just walked here, Anisha. You know, so that's really exciting for them because it just mm -hmm. makes life a lot easier. I think the first time I found a therapist, I was in graduate school. So I just found someone on campus, right? Like, so that made it super easy. <laughs> but when I found someone outside of that, I do remember finding it through my insurance. So that's another way, right? Like, it was just like, I knew that I wanted to pay through my insurance at the time. I wasn't making a boatload of money. So it was like, okay, like if we can go through insurance, that'd be best. And so I just kind of looked. For me, I knew I wanted a black woman. And for some reason, my insurance actually let you search as far as like female and male and they let you do like cultural stuff. So that was amazing. Um, it's not always, you know, that simple, but I remember that's how I found her. And um, she was walking distance from my job. So it made it really easy. My lunches were always more than an hour, of course, right? Like an hour and a half because I had to get there, get back my session. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, but lunch, when I went- it, Lunch hour-ish, doesn't ish. have to be an hour. <laughs> um, but when I went to see her, um, 
I don't know. I, I, I liked her office. Her waiting room was, you know, she was on the Upper West Side. She actually just had, like, she rented an apartment. You can tell it was an apartment. You know, they switched it around a little bit. But, like, the waiting room was, like, the living room. And it was, like, a two-bedroom. So there was another therapist in the other room. And then she had one room. And oh. she just was, yeah. That's a cute idea. It was just in a really nice building on the Upper West Side. It was a two-bedroom mm. apartment. You could tell. It was a kitchen somewhere around the back. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, she did have a lot of paperwork, though. And I remember I was in distress. Um, I was like, you know, going through kind of a breakup. I think we've both talked about Diana, how like <laughs> all of all of my therapy, well, most of my therapy has been around relationships. And I think that's a common theme for a lot of people who come to see us, right? Either a relationship is not working or they're not in a relationship and people are trying to figure out why, trying to have a better understanding of themselves. So, you know, all there's many reasons why people go to therapy. For sure. And I'm the, yes, breakups definitely bring people in the room, but relation also getting into the relationship brings up so many feelings and so many repetitive patterns that may or may not be working that help you get into a relationship or be able to express yourself in the way that you really want to. And I was just thinking back to Barbara Stone's office. And I think that because it was so cozy, it was just like she had a, <laughs> she had like this really nice light and I got to like cuddle under a blanket while I was lying on the couch. It was exactly what I needed. And she definitely had some paperwork, probably not as much as the other person, which probably made me stay. But I think paperwork's inevitable, right? Like you have to, it's just like any doctor's office. You have, you're going to have to give up some kind of information, like emergency contact information, your insurance information, any, it's good to let, like sometimes you might forget if you're not prompted by a question, like what's in something that, you, or the therapist might forget to ask in that initial session. Like, are you seeing a psychopharmacologist? How, do you have a history of medication? Uh, there's always a question to find out where you are, if you are depressed, if you're suicidal, so that we just, as we can be as informed as possible to make sure that when we meet that there is a treatment plan sort of noodling around in your head. So the paperwork is really important. And now that it's all digital and you get it before your session, it, it allows you to uh, give some space between getting doing the paperwork and then getting into the room. It's almost like a precursor to set you up a little bit, I think, with all that online it paperwork. Makes the I think it makes the clients more comfortable too. Cause they're like, oh, you know, a little bit, right. And maybe it's like, I don't yeah. have to start from the beginning, beginning, right. Like I've given you right. something to work with. <laughs> um, and I think it's nice for the therapist. So you kind of know what's coming in the room, but also realizing that the paperwork is not telling me everything, which is the beauty of it. Right. Cause you're going to have to tell me a lot as the client as well. Right. I've asked you these important questions, but now we can kind of get down to the nitty gritty a little bit, you know, once you get into the session. Um, like filling out your dating profile on Hinge. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I pulled Hinge up out of my head. I've never filled out a dating profile <laughs> for Hinge, but I'm sure it's kind of the same. I mean, I so, was a, on the, a, like one of the original members of Match.com, but. I, I mean, forgot. I did OkCupid and found my husband. So it's a lot of questions. It's a lot of questions. <laughs> it's a lot of questions. <laughs> I stopped. I was like, we're done at like a hundred. Okay. We're done. <laughs> we don't ask a hundred questions. No, it's a lot. <laughs> on the therapist, on the <laughs> therapist check-in. No, no. So is therapy like a date? Like that first consultation. So everybody calls it something different, right? It could be a consultation and it could be an assessment, initial, you know, therapist, we all call it something different, but I wonder how clients view it right when they come to see us for them is it like a date and like do they have a lot of expectations that we normally have when we go on a date so Jess mm. I think I'll throw that one over to you <laughs> a little bit right so yes. it's kind of the lay person do yeah. you remember having any expectations and Diana and I can speak to it too because we're both in therapy but I feel like for me I just wanted to be able to talk to some like not feel awkward talking to someone mm -hmm. um I know we talked about this before, like I didn't know what to do. So I didn't know if I should just talk or we have a conversation, you know, as a person in general, I'm very aware if I just keep talking about myself and I like mm -hmm. stop myself and I'd like make sure I ask, how are you doing? 
<laughs> I'm very like, I'm like, oh no, I'm like going on a tangent for like an hour just about me. And this person's just sitting here. So I think that was hard for me to kind of get over because I'm just very aware of that. Cause I want, I want to, I want to be a conversation. Like I want to know what my friends are doing, but I've had to realize we're not friends as like, as my therapist. Um, but yeah, I just want to know that we could like not be vibe well. And she wasn't like, you know, like no judgy face. I don't know. That's like kind of what I was like really like looking for. Like I just, I didn't want to feel judgment there. I think that was like kind of the main thing because I'm sure. obviously like self-conscious and like overthinking everything apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's such a, I mean, it's such an interesting thing, right? When you walk into the therapist's office and meet him or her for the first time or him, her, or they for the very first time. And you're like, if you've never done it before, it's completely out of character unless the reason right? But you aren't, you're just going to talk and not actually ask the other person how they are or ask about that person. Or is it okay for me to say all of these things? Because the expectation is that you are there to understand yourself better and to feel better if that's why you're there. Um, And then that's what therapists do. They like sit and they hold all your thoughts. And so it's, it's, there's a learning curve, right? But it is like a date. Cause if you don't, if you don't dig it, like if you don't dig the way that she's going to respond or energetically, I think for me has been always a thing, like the energy of the other person I've had, how many, one, two, three, I've had three. So one, two, I'm still with. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I remember the first question when I went to see him. And it was Dr. Brooke. Dr. Brooke asked me my first two, my first memories of my parents. And I thought that was so interesting. I was also in training at the time. Let's be clear. I was in graduate school. So like I was already on the path. Like I you wanted deep in, I was deep point. in. <laughs> um, but I remember really thinking to myself, Oh, I really like him. Like he was like, just this really sweet. I had I had decided at that particular time that my issues were in relationships and I wanted to have a male perspective in my mind. So I, that's why I chose him. And uh, cause I had been, I had seen a woman prior. He just had a really good vibe. And, and I was literally there for 15 minutes. <laughs> that was the consultation. <laughs> and then I came back and I was like, okay. And it was so weird. Cause I was like, you don't know, anything about this guy (laughs) but it was um but he made me very comfortable I mean obviously it's 20 plus years later and I'm still very comfortable and still his voice is loudly in my head I think you bring up something really interesting about you know I don't know anything about him I had a client one time I guess we had been seeing each other for a couple months it was a guy and he stops and he's like you know what Anisha enough already I don't know anything about you you know everything about me. I told you about my whole life. This is bullshit. Like, yeah, he's like, this is bullshit. And I'm saying, okay, so well, what do you want to know? Like, what will make you feel better? How would that change, you know, the relationship, the therapy, if you knew something about me? And I think it goes back to that notion that we're not used to just talking about ourselves in this right. way, right? Like, we're used to a back and forth kind of conversation. And so now you have a relationship with someone where there is no back and forth. The most we do back and forth is like, how was your weekend? Right. Which is, you know, cool. I'll take that. Like, how was your day? How are you, you doing? You know, but that's it. And so I think that there is not a lot of comfortability in our society around what is it like to, to make you the focus, right? Like you are the kind of priority. You are the focus because whenever you do that, it's like, oh, you're, you're selfish, right? Like, like you're a horrible person for always talking about you. So we don't do it in normal relationships. So now you have a relationship where that's what is asked of you it's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. I get clients who come in and they're like, what, what am I, what, what am I supposed to do? Anisha? I have one person, like they, they fell like sitting on the couch. Like they didn't make it to the couch just cause they just was so nervous. And I just was like, it's okay. Why don't you just like have a seat for a second. Right. And we can start really slow. And I think that, you know, people sometimes need a little bit of warm up of like, how, how do I be in this new relationship in a relationship I've never had before where it is about me? Um, I think it's important to have though in your life. It is so important. And I know 
when I get asked that, that question, like about myself, I often <laughs> say, I often say, well, how will it help your treatment? If I answer this question, how is it going to be helpful for you? Because uh, what's going to happen in that answer is there'll, there'll be projection in it, right? Like the whole, where we can, we will define projection in a bigger term, but like what will, what that really, it'll be my, whatever I say will be interpreted in a, in a way that may not actually be helpful for your treatment or whatever idea that you have about the therapist that is actually helping you feel better or find out more about yourself. So, and then sometimes, I mean, you see people, I mean, I have patients that I've seen for 20, I, we, I've talked about her. We've, I've spent seeing her for 20 years. Like there's, there definitely are levels of engagement between she and I that are much more relaxed than somebody who I've been working with for a year or two, uh, because there is that length, the length of stay, (laughs) (laughs) long date, long date. But should you, after you meet your therapist for the first time, should, and you like think you vibe with them, right? And then you, what happens next? You go back? How do you know? How often? When? What time? How do you choose? What do you do? What do you think, Anisha? Um, I think for me, I do a check-in at like, our sessions are 45 minutes. So like, you know, maybe 40 minutes, a little before. I'll say like, we've only spent 40 minutes together, but how do you think it's going? would you be interested in seeing me again? So I asked for a second date. I always ask. Oh yeah. That's for real asking for a second yeah, date. I, asked. I said, would you be willing to see me again? It's like you walked me to the train and you were going to kiss me on the cheek. Right. <laughs> You're so like, like, I don't want to be too formal and assume that this is going to happen, but would you like to see me again? And I say like, so we can continue to see how it goes. Because I think that sometimes people feel like they have to make a decision for the long haul, right? After that first session. And I don't want them to think that. Right. Like, are you you just okaying a second date with me? Right. You're not okaying like the next six months of your life that you're going to be coming to see me. And I do ask in the beginning, can we see each other every week for a couple of weeks so we can kind of get to know each other? Right. So we can kind of build that rapport. Because I think sometimes when you've been away from therapy too long in the beginning, it's easy to not come back. Right. So like you set up one session and you don't see me again for two, three weeks, you might just say, forget it. I don't need it. So I try and get some consistency flowing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. and it works out pretty well. I mean, there's been times where, you know, all I did was get first a first date. And I think that, you know, we could talk about it as therapists. Sometimes, you know, and it's not about like how I feel as a therapist, but I can see the person we might not have vibed, right? And I could feel it in the same way that they can. And then there's other people that I'm like, oh my God, they came back. right? Like it wasn't, I didn't feel the vibe, but they felt something. Right. And so then they ended up coming back and we continue to see each other. So sometimes you don't know, which is why I think it's always best to go on a second date because you never know what might change. I know. There's so many schools of thought on like what (laughs) the number of sessions, like, should you come every week? Should you come every other week? Mm -hmm. Should you, should it be 45 minutes? Should it be an hour? Should it be a half an hour? Should it be at the same time every week? I mean, everybody, well, for the most part, most people set it up, most therapists set it up weekly at the same time on the same day so that you get the consistent flow and what that feels like. And then, then it becomes you and your therapist and you like start to build a rapport, build a relationship and there's consistency in it. And I know, um, and this is from personal experience that when I first started, I couldn't tolerate that. I was like, I'm not, I no, I'm not coming every week. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> um, and then later, much later on, and the way that I, and now the way that I work and the way that is working best for me is that I do go personally every week at the same time and uh, find it. And where very rarely do I cancel. And I think that in setting it up, the therapist should set it up, right? Like this is, these are the rules. These are the rules of the room, <laughs> right? So that you know what the boundaries are. Right. But I also think that, you know, we want to be flexible, right? I've heard of therapists who have made clients sign contracts and the contract will say that you will come for this amount of time. I've had one of my clients show me a contract from a therapist and she was like definitely scared that I would have her do the same thing. 
And oh. I was like, okay, we're going to have to be a little bit more flexible therapists, right? Like everyone's life is not set up where like they can tell you today that I could do this thing for a whole year. Or right. Two. I've also had people tell me that they've had to pay the therapist even when the therapist was on vacation. What? So now what type of, rela- like, what are you saying now about this relationship, right? That I have to pay for something. Although I'm not seeing you and I'm not getting what I need because I am the client because you decided to take a break, which you should get a break. Like that's fine. But why am I paying for you? Right. Why am I paying for you? I I couldn't really, um, I should think about that a little bit more. I mean, it's, there's something about the consistency of the relationship. I mean, I would never do it personally. I don't, I I don't, I would never do it. It would not, it goes against my ethics, but it was a very interesting conversation (laughs) to have. (laughs) like yeah no it's okay it's totally okay and I've had people ask me it's funny when they when somebody comes to you and they've been in therapy before and you get firsthand what didn't work for them with their first therapist that definitely isn't one of your rules because I know I had one who uh traveled a lot and she wanted to make sure that that was okay it's like sure (laughs) (laughs) gone sometimes like if you can't call me from a different time zone that's cool we just won't book a session but it's um it is good I do think that the therapist should set up the boundary of what it of what it looks like the number of sessions per week how you're gonna the number of sessions per week how often when and have a verbal contract of sorts you should have some sort of verbal agreement I think agreement over contract yeah I think agreements work work better um, I, I, I've, I've noticed that as a therapist, I am pretty flexible. Um, and I think one of my favorite things is I tell my clients life happens, right. And life happens to us all, all the time. Right. And so mm-hmm. like, if something came up and you can't come, okay, but then let's talk about when you can come. Right. And the hope is that I'll have the time on my schedule to change. Right. And I'll do my best to, to make that time for you. And I think that as someone who has been a client for so long, right, as well, I've sat on both sides of the couch. And I think that's important. I also tell my clients, too, that I'm in therapy because I, I want oh, you them do? to have. Yeah, I do. I mean, oh. I do because I also think that <laughs> as, a, as a Black therapist, um, a lot of people who come to see me, it is their first time going to therapy. And so sure. I want them to know that I believe in this, right? And I go myself and I go every week. And um, I prioritize it in my life as well. And it's important to me. And I think that there is a comfort that is in that for them to know that, oh, okay, Anisha goes too. Because I think also, and this is a side note, but you know, I'm always on Instagram and all the memes, right? About like clients thinking that therapists have their whole lives together when like our stuff is jacked up as well. You know what I mean? (laughs) I got to go to therapy too. (laughs) I am not like I sit in front of you. Yes. Am I together? Yes. But like I have a life as well. Right. And I have all the things going on in my life, very similar to yours. Right. Cause I'm a human being. And so I need it as well. So I'm very upfront about the fact that I go to therapy on a weekly basis and I have a new therapist now. Actually, I have been in, I've had the same therapist for the last like six years. And I changed during a pandemic and I changed and that therapist came from a referral. Diana referred someone to me. (laughs) I did. And I did. I'm good for that. Yes. (laughs) And funny story is I was in Mexico when we were supposed to have our first session and she seemed to couldn't figure out like the video situation. So I was like, all right, we could just talk on the phone. And so now I've never had a video with her. So I've never seen her. Like I've only talked to her on the phone. And I think it's so interesting because um, Diana is one who has all of her clients lie down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because then you're not like looking for facial expressions, right? Like you're not looking for all that. From the <laughs> that judgy face. That, yeah, that judgy face it. that you talked about, just Jess. Like you're just, you're just talking. <laughs> and so like, I've just been talking and I totally love her. I am super happy. And I have also told a couple of my clients um, and we've been doing just phone sessions. And I had one of my clients say to me, we were on a phone session. We usually do video. And she was like, oh my God, Anisha. And I was like, what's wrong? What happened? She was like, I'm talking too much. I'm, I, I, I'm just saying too much now. And I talked to her about like, oh, it's because we're not on video anymore. 
right? And you don't have to kind of do this thing where you have to, you know, you're trying to make eye contact with me. You're trying not to cry in front of me, like all of the things. You're just kind of talking. And I was like, maybe we should continue to do our sessions via phone and not via video. And we've been doing that. And it's been working out really well. Well, you know, that warms my heart. I know. You know, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> and one of the things about eye contact that I think is really important and that um, when if you are somebody who is new to therapy and you're going in and you are in one of those situations where you're either across from the person or you're looking at them on video, the thing about eye contact that is both good, there's a, there's no bad here, right? But you are, as you're looking at the person, we're ingrained from like when we first meet somebody to look for their reaction, mm -hmm. right? And I mean, if we want to go all the way back to infancy, babies, figure out how to look into their mama's eyes and get whatever they want. <laughs> now they, it's not like, but like, there's like, you, you're looking for that connection, right? We're looking for that person across from you to be like, you understand me. Like, look at me. You understand me. You yeah. are listening. But in fact, being on the phone, there's less distraction. Or when you lay down, there's less distraction. And that part goes away because you are just responding to um, the therapist's voice and or the therapist and you are allowed to just free associate of sorts and um it is you know there's definitely two schools of thought in there but do you have to have eye contact absolutely not but is like i did for years i worked with this woman and she um she would come in and look at me for like the first five minutes and be like okay now i'm ready like and and we just got in that groove and she traveled and when she traveled, uh, we stay connected and we did video mm -hmm. um, so that she could have the same momentum. So we had five minutes of like, hey, hey. And then she's like, okay, I'm ready to start. And she would uh, shut off the video. And when we were over, she would turn the video back on and say goodbye. So it is, uh, and the, it's just different ways of working. Uh, both are good sitting up and looking into somebody is as good as lying down, but it is, there's just definitely um, different, different things involved in that, in the transference <laughs> in the transference and what happens there in the relationship. So, and, and I will say this and I'll, I'll just say it. I don't have a good poker face. So there are some days that like people are looking at me and they're telling me something and it's written all over my face. And they're like, Anisha, what's the face about? And I'm like, well, I was thinking. <laughs> but yeah, well, this, no, that's right. not good for therapists. I don't have a good poker face, guys. Well, I don't necessarily think it's bad either. Because if you are having an induced thought, you and the ther and you have a strong enough relationship with your yeah. therapist that you can say, hey, hold up. I see that. I uh, we're not, we're not moving past that. You tell me <laughs> what it is that I said that made you make that face. Like yes. that's also a level of comfort and growth, because if you can do that in the relationship with your therapist, you can definitely do that when you're having a conversation in real time. And you're like, I see that face. Why, what, what, what did I just say <laughs> that you made yeah. that face? And somebody actually just might say it's indigestion, but <laughs> there is a good chance that there was a thought that came up that had you think that way. All right. This is a good place for us to take a break. We are going to be right back. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. Be Well is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, Be Well offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 
to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's bewellpsychotherapy.com or text BEWELL, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. So we are back and we are talking about therapy, of course, right? And how do you choose a therapist? What happens in the room? Your expectations. So Jess, we're going to go to you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your experience in therapy and what was that like for you? Well, I mean, it was, it was good for the most part. I mean, I was there for, um, it was actually before my wedding a couple of years ago, I was having, you know, some issues with my parents and that I never had before. I was just so confused of what was happening and I knew it was deeper. So I just wanted to dive into that. And it was about like six weeks and, you know, we, she gave me some, some things to work on and to look up and all this stuff. And then I would say like homework? about yeah, a little bit of homework. Okay, <laughs> a little bit, and it, it was it was helpful. You know, I I tend to make up um, the ending of things before they actually happen, and then I get anxious about it and they freak out and all this stuff. So I've realized that I do that, and um, and I think about what people are going to think about me before anything happens. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And then about six weeks into it, like about a couple of weeks before my wedding, she was like. I think this is we're, we're good that we you don't have to come back anymore. And I wasn't ready. I don't think you know, but like I think I don't I didn't know what to say. So I was like, "Oh, okay. Okay." And then I think that that I think that was it. It wasn't the the best ending I was anticipating. Um, you know, I knew there mm-hmm. was more underneath it all. So I was I I was ready to talk about it. I was ready to maybe do it every, once every other like every other week you know, kind of just like figure it out. But I don't think my therapist wanted to figure it out with me. And I think that's where I'm at with therapy right now, you know, but I mean, I, I do communicate better now than mm-hmm. it's age also. Um, An experience probably. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, where, that was my experience. So it wasn't all, I wouldn't say bad. I would say kind of just like underwhelming because everyone was like, you should go to therapy. You should go to therapy. Therapy's big, you know, mental health. And I was like, yeah, I'm into it. Let's do it. And then that was my experience, which is unfortunate, but I'm willing to try it again. Like there's millions of therapists out there. I'll figure it out. Sorry. I will say that <laughs> therapy has definitely been trending, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's no longer the thing that only some people do, right? I think people are saying like, no, all of us can do it. And I know Diane and I are big proponents of, you know, mental health should just should be just as important as physical health. Um, but when I hear that story, I'm thinking as a therapist, right? Like who makes a decision when therapy is over, right? And so it's interesting that your therapist made the decision for you and it wasn't something that you guys made together and it wasn't determined by you. And, you know, Diana, do you think that that is around like, you know, kind of different schools of thought, different modalities Oh, for um, sure. around I the th- timing, yeah. how long we stay in therapy? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, the, in the different schools of thought for sure. I mean, we work from a psychodynamic perspective and also that, um, I mean, I think it's a lifetime experience because different things will come up all over the lifetime. Like you haven't, you haven't lived tomorrow yet, so you don't know what's going to happen, but there is a school of thought. And I, if I had to guess, I would say that Jess's former therapist was a CBT therapist based on how she just described her. Yeah. And so in that, the idea in that school of thought, the idea is we're going to address the issue that you came in with. We'll address the issue. I'll give you some homework. We'll look at it. We'll give you some code, like a few things, tools to cope with it. And then you have enough that you can deal, like you can function. And you can just as a very high functioning person, we know that. And so, and that for some people, it's enough, like just the baseline of like, let me get through this one issue and I'm good. But we know Anisha, you and I, and just know she attested to it. There was more, there was underneath. She was willing to dig. She wanted to know, she wanted to know what caused the issue to begin with. And in that understanding, I mean, I, we all know I come from an analytic background. And so, uh, 
the school of thought is you're in it forever. <laughs> like, I like sometimes I <laughs> fantasize that like there's an end and I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. And, um, I mean, even just an experience that I personally had recently and what I talked about, like I had no idea I was going to react the way that I reacted. And I really wanted to talk about it and work it out because it came out of left field when I really got to like meet with my analyst and talk about it and learn more about why I reacted in that way, I was able to really put some pieces together like about myself that I, I never, I don't think I would have been able to do it on my own. I mean, if I didn't have my analyst, I was going to have to call you Anisha. So I was going to have to get, I call you sometimes. I mean, I was going to have to get a therapist involved some way. Somebody who knew me and had my history, it wasn't like I was going to do this alone. I wasn't. So for me, I think, and I am a huge, 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 huge fan of the lifetime commitment to treatment and that the experiences that you're going to have and to talk them through, it's just, I think it's really important. I think that for me, um, I see the lifetime. I see it for myself personally, because I think that there's always going to be things that come up in my life that I'm going to need to talk about. And therapy is a safe space for me to talk about it. I'm comfortable there. Um, and so I'll probably always be in therapy. Now, maybe I'll take a break, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Like you could take a break, then you can come back. Um, I see people do that all the time. But I will say as a therapist, I do think that it is not my decision to make around when therapy is over. I do believe it should, could be a joint decision, right? Where the, ther- the the client and I talk about it and I do check-ins all the time. And my check-ins are like, so how's it going? You know, what are we not talking about in therapy, right? I'm, I'm always asking like, what else should we be talking about, you know? And sometimes things come up that we don't talk about. And I might say like, hey, you know, I noticed this kind of came up, but we really haven't, you know, gone too deep. Should we? Or should we wait on that a little bit? Because I think, again, what people don't realize is that therapy is about the client. It's not about the therapist. I don't have an itinerary. Like, I don't have a list of what we're going to talk about when you come in that day, right? It's all about where you are, what's Mm -hmm. going on. Now, I might bring up something that happened maybe a week or two ago and do a check-in with you. But again, it's your time. And I want you to be able to kind of let me know where we're going. You know, Jess, I'm 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 sorry that you had that experience because I I think that if it was up to you, that you would have been like, okay, wait, hold on, I'm not quite ready. And so for us, you know, it's not like a a bing bang boom, you know, maybe ten weeks where like, okay, we have an issue, we deal with the issue, and then we're done because after that issue is done, something else just comes up because that's kind of just a part of life. So I don't know if we're ever quote unquote cured. Diana, do you think that we're ever cured? Well, I have a fantasy that I'll be cured one day, um, but there's, I don't, but I, I think even when we use the language, it, it implies that mm-hmm. I'm sick. Right. And I, yes. there, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. Um, but I'm, hu- I'm human and I experience mm-hmm. life and just like my, my patients. And I think that given that freedom of being able to keep the relationship for as long as you want. And the parallel to relationships in your life, right? Like you, relationships in your life ebb and flow too. Like you keep a handful of people that really like inspire you and connect with you, but those relationships change. You change as a person over the lifespan. And so those relationships will change. And I know in a long, like in a long-term romantic relationship, I mean, we can, we can see that those change, but this also like having that therapeutic relationship where you can like, it's, and I know we say this a lot, like it's a Petri dish for you to be able to like say something that you may never said before, or uh, I know you like to role play Nisha. So like things happen and like, which is exciting to me because I'm like, oh, right. Because you do it with me. But like, you get to like act stuff out and like in any long-term relationship, you want to explore like, are you saying the things that are you, what aren't you talking about with your therapist? What aren't you talking about in your relationships? What aren't you talking about with your people? Instead of staying stagnant, like it's a place where you can continually emotionally grow which I think is really important is the emotional growth is not, doesn't end. I think emotional growth is exciting. It can be scary, but it is definitely exciting. I think 
for clients when we kind of look back on kind of where they were and then where they are it's so cool because they don't always see it and I'm always like oh I always see things that you don't see like I'm always pointing out this growth and they're like oh shit, yeah I did that I'm like yeah you did that that was you yeah that was all you I wasn't um, there <laughs> you know? I did and not I think that maybe that's the beauty of it right like your therapist is your cheerleader in this like amazing way, you know, because we see things that you don't always see because you're so much caught up in the story, you know, because it's your life, of course. And I'm able to step back from it and see it differently and help you see it differently. So it's it's really exciting. And when you can have a good relationship with your therapist and they can kind of be your, your cheering section. It's, it's nice to see. They're also your secret keeper. I mean, we can't say all the shit that's in our head out loud. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Everybody's not going to be okay with it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Some of it doesn't make any sense. Some of it's like, mm-mm. no. And what a nice place to just be able to like say all the crap, not blow up your life, and <laughs> like go on with your life. Uh, I wonder if we've gotten just to consider going back to therapy. Yes, 100%. But I can't hire you two. I know you. You are correct. (laughs) You cannot hire either one of us. But we're going to, we are both going to have a hand in finding. Yeah, 100%. We might have to interview them. Be like, hey. (laughs) Yes, please vet them for me. We might have some work to do first. You know, and we have an amazing website. If you want to go on and see <laughs> if there's anyone there that might be a good fit from all the great pictures and our consultations are free, right? Because if it's a first date, you might not want to pay. Like, I don't know if this is worth it yet, right? So let let, let me sit here with you, see how it goes. And um, there's no fee for that first session while you're um, figuring it all out. So uh, Which, yeah, Jess, you should um, come to be well. You should That's come you see if you can figure it out. And I know and I them think, too. You know them all. I think also too, before we end today's episode, we should just briefly talk about money. Okay. Yeah. Let's <laughs> because talk I about think money. let's talk about money for a little bit because therapy, it, uh, I was on the Peloton hanging out with my giving a shout out to Peloton that I want them to sponsor us and I want Jess to introduce me to Cody Rigby um (laughs) so (laughs) he was talking about his therapist the other day and he was he did acknowledge that uh there is a privilege to therapy now you there are many different places that you can go to therapy it doesn't but therapy does cost money there there's no question about it and there the money there's there's so much in the money like why is it so much money why am i paying to talk to somebody and in that talking about yourself for an hour and having to pay there's a lot of feelings in there and having to working that through but there is not just yes therapists have to get paid because they they they, they have to live they have to we live have their lives but also um there's a lot of your own self-worth in that and that you are you are paying to take care of yourself, um, and that should be something that you, when you are paying, you know you have that feeling that you are taking care of. You are taking the step to take care of yourself. Getting your emotional and mental health in order is like hands down the best gift you can give to yourself. Hands down, that's it's my feeling investment. about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a huge investment. I've t- I remember before I was a therapist and I used to pay back in the day, I used to pay $175 a session. I was dating this guy and he's like, I don't like, why, why do you pay all that money for therapy? He was like, it doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with you. I'm like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with me, right. but it's the best investment that I could ever make. And I truly believed that then. And I believe it now, right? It helps me to be a better friend, a better daughter, you know, a better partner, all of those things, a better me. And so mm-hmm. I think it's an investment in you. And I think that therapy is self-care. And so, you know, if you're going to pay for the spa treatment and you're going to pay for the massage, why wouldn't you pay for therapy? Self-care. Right. Um, and we have to think about it like that. Yes, you can get it through your insurance. And if you can't afford to pay, there are places that you could get it for free. Um, and so it is not something that is not accessible, right? right. There's there's someone, There's a therapist at every, you know, 
price point out here. So it's not like you can't find someone, Mm -hmm. but you do have to think about the person that you go see, you know, I mean, listen, I'm just gonna keep it real. We've been to school for some time. There's a lot of student loan. I mean, there's a lot going on. We have to live too, right? Like it's, and you have to see it as it is something that is worth it. And I think it starts with the client though. You have to figure out if this is worth it for you to pay for this. Cause it's that for you. you. Are it's not from you. You are yeah. worth it. Yeah. You are, you are worth that investment. And um, yes. So yes. <laughs> you are totally worth the investment. And we have some great therapists at bewellpsychotherapy.com. Lots of them. Yes, we lots do. of free time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do. We have appointments open uh and all the things. So I think uh I think we're gonna stop here. Yeah, I think we had a good combo today about therapy. I think I'm going to book another session with you, Anisha and Jeff. What do you think? <laughs> I'm coming back. I'm coming back for more. We'll do a group. Group. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about group therapy, right? Group we can therapy. Talk about you talked therapy. about that before, but we can talk more about group therapy <laughs> and how it differs from individual. We would have to get my friend Sean Grover to come back. But okay, so we're still living in a pandemic. How are we yes. going to do it? What are we going to do? <laughs> Stay we add another one to that, right? Like, I mean, we could. Is there anything know. new now that the pandemic has changed a little bit? Like, well, what, is there something you know, stop get, don't gather, stop gathering, <laughs> stop. There it is. Gathering holiday. Wait, I'm- stop going to other states together. <laughs> I, I read a whole article about how all of these out of state people are going to Atlanta's clubs because they're open. And their governor is saying that they don't have to mandate. So people are leaving their cities to go there to like party yeah, and have a Florida good time. Too. Right. In Florida. Right. Like, so Florida. just stop gathering. Stop. Like, shush. <laughs> I know it's hard, but we're almost there. We're at the finish line. <sighs> and we can yes, have a whole, we can, <laughs> we can have a whole session on the vaccine or a whole conversation about it soon. <laughs> okay. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear the damn mask. Stop gathering in Atlanta. (laughs) 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 Just, I know. Okay. We're going to stop here. All right. See you next week. See you next week. (laughs) Bye guys. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to bewellpsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's bewellpsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.